section twelve of in old plantation days by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain the conjuring contest the whole plantation was shocked when it became generally known that bob who had been going with viney for more than a year and for half that time had publicly escorted her to and from meeting had suddenly changed and bestowed his affections upon another it was the more surprising for viney was a particularly good-looking girl while the new flame cassie was an ill-favoured woman lately brought over from another of the mordaunt plantations it was one balmy sunday evening that they strolled up from the quarter's yard together arm in arm and sat wagging the tongues of all their fellow-servants bob's mother who was sitting out in front of her door gave a sigh as her son passed with his ungainly sweetheart she was still watching them with an unhappy look in her eyes when ma'am henry the plantation oracle approached and took a seat on the step beside her howdy ma'am henry said maria howdy maria how you come on oh right pert in my body but i'm kind of disturbed in my mind huh i reckon you is disturbed in your mind said the old woman keenly maria you surely is one blind woman blind i don't know what you mean ma'am henry how's i blind you's blind i tell you now what you s'pose de matter wid yo bob de matter wid him dat does what trouble my mind ma'am henry hits to think dat dat a boy of mine ud be so thickle-minded ah uh, he uh he was a gwine long a viney what sholy is a blackly gal and a pert one too den all of a sudden he done change his mind and take up wid dat old had time lookin gal i don't know what he thinkin bout you don't know what he thinkin bout cause you don't know what he thinkin bout and i don't know where your eyes is that you can't see some dat's just as plain as de nose on your face well i low i must be blind ma'am henry cause i don't understand it what do you reckon a likely boy like bob see on dat gallus nigger i don't know ma'am henry but dey do say she bake mighty fine biscuits and you know bob's mind mouty close to his stomach biscuits biscuits snorted the old woman tain't no biscuits got dat man crazy it's roots i tell you it's roots ma'am henry fo de lord you don't mean the old woman leaned solemnly over to her companion and whispered dramatically he's conjured that's what he is maria sprang up from the doorway and stood gazing at ma'am henry like a startled animal then she said in a hurried voice what dat has he conjured my child i'll i i'll kill her dat's what i will yes you kill her cause you will i reckon dat'll take the spell off him bob won't it dat'll keep him from hatin you and despinin her way and dyin for her won't hit uh maria sank down again in utter helplessness crying conjured conjured oh what shall i do fust thing said ma'am henry you just set up and act sensible after dat i'll talk to you go on ma'am henry i's a listening to you conjured conjured my boy oh de hush up and listen to me before bob put on his shoes to-morrow mornin you slip a piece of silver in de right one flat in de middle why he won't feel it you want to find out how he's conjured and des how bad it is ef she ain't done nothin but planted somethin round de dough for him why reckon de sowin salt'll break de spell but if she's caught him in his eatins you'll have to see a regular conjure doctor fo 
you kin work dat out i ain't long hated myself but i got a friend dat is but ma'am henry how i gwine tell how bad de conju is huh gal you don't know nothin ef de silver tuns right black why he's cotch bad and ef it only tuns kind of green he's only middlin tricked how long i got to wait fo i knows let him well de silver three or four days and den let me see it maria did as she was told placing a dime in the bottom of her son's shoe and at the expiration of the allotted time with eyes fear and wonder wide she took the coin to her instructor whether from working in the field all day the soil had ground into bob's shoe and discoloured the coin or whether it had attracted some subtle poison from the wearer's body is not here to be decided from some cause the silver piece was as dark as copper ma'am henry shook her head over it he show is cotch bad she said i reckon she done cotched him in his eatins dat de was kind you take dat silver piece and throw it in de runnin water maria hesitated this was part of a store she was saving for a particular purpose why does i has to do dat ma'am henry she asked ain't dey no other way go long gal what's de matter wid you will you do as i tell you don't you know dat anything you buy wid dat money be bad luck to you dat a dime's chuck full of goop fa clear to de rim so trembling with fear maria hastened to the branch and threw the condemned coin into it and she positively asserted to ma'am henry on her return that the water had turned right black and thick where the coin sunk now the next thing for you to do is to go down and see my friend de conju doctor he lived down at de folks o de road des back o de old tobacker house hit's a skeery place but you go dar to night and tell him i sont you and he lift a spell but don't you go down de often to pay him nothin cause dat stroy his charms after de work done den you kin him what you want and ef it ain't enough he put de spell back on again but must never ax a conju doctor what he charge or pay him for de charm work no moan you must say thank ye for flower seed about nine that night maria frightened and trembling presented herself at the conju doctor's door the hut itself was a gruesome-looking place dark and dilapidated the yard surrounding it was overrun with a dense growth of rank weeds which gave forth a sickening smell as maria's feet pressed them the front window was shuttered and the sagging roof sloped down to it like the hat of a drunken man over a bruised eye the mew of a cat the shuffling of feet and a rattle of glass followed the black woman's knock and maria pictured the terrible being within hastening to put away some of his terrible decoctions before admitting her she was so afraid that she had decided to turn and flee leaving bob to his fate when the door opened and the doctor stood before her he was a little wizened old man his wrinkled face the colour of parchment the sides of his head were covered with a bush of grey hair while the top was bald and blotched with brown and yellow spots a black cat was at his side looking with evil eyes at the visitor is you de conja doctor asked maria he stepped back that she might enter and closed the door behind her i's dr bass he replied i come to see you i come to see you bout my son ma'am henry she sont me well lem hea all er bout it his manner was reassuring if his looks were not and somewhat encouraged maria began to pour forth the story of her woes into the conjure doctor's attentive ear when she was done he sat for a while in silence then he said 
i reckon she's got some o his har dat makes a mighty strong spell in a woman's hands you go back and bring me some o de woman's hair and i fix it i fix it but as i gwine get in her hair dat ain't for me to say i does tell you what to do maria backed out of the bottle-filled root-hung room and flew home through the night with a thousand terrors pressing hard upon her heels all next day she wondered how she could get some of her enemy's hair not until evening did the solution of the problem come to her and she smiled at its simplicity when cassie her son's unwelcome sweetheart came along she stepped out from her cabin door and addressed her in terms that could mean but one thing fight cassie attacked maria tooth and nail but maria was a wiry little woman and when bob separated the two a little later his mother was bruised but triumphant for in her hand she held a generous bunch of cassie's hair you found out a way to get de hair said the conjure doctor to her that night and you ain't spared no time a gettin it he was busy compounding a mixture which looked to maria very much like salt and ashes to this he added a brown thing which looked like the dried liver of some bird then he put in a portion of cassie's hair the whole of this he wrapped up in a snakeskin and put in a bag dad'll fetch him he said handing the bag to maria you take this and put it under his bade where he won't find it and sprinkled to rest uh, dis hair on de blanket and he lay on and let hit stay there seven days after dat he come round all right den you can come to see me he added significantly clasping her treasure maria hastened home and placed the conjure bag under her son's bed and sprinkled the short stiff hair as she had been directed he came in late that night hurried out of his clothes and leaped into bed usually he went at once to sleep but not so now he rolled and tossed and it was far past midnight before his regular breathing signified to the listening mother that he was asleep then with a murmured tikanjo is a workin him she turned over and addressed herself to rest the next morning bob was tired and careworn and when asked what was the matter responded that his dreams had been troubled he was so tired when the day's work was over that he decided not to go and see cassie that night he was just about going to bed when a tap came at the cabin door and viney came in evenin aunt maria she said evenin bob evenin they both said i dust run in aunt maria to bring you some of my biscuits ma'am henry done give me a new seat for makin dem she uncovered the crisp brown rolls and the order of them reached bob's nose his eyes bulged and he paused with his hand on his boot law said maria these show is nice viney help yourself bob bob suddenly changed his mind about going to bed and he and viney sat and chatted while the biscuits disappeared maria discreetly retired and she said to herself as she sat outside on the step dey ain't no way for dat boy to sis dat goopfa and dem biscuits too bob's dreams were troubled again that night and the next and as the evenings came he still found himself too tired to go according all this was not lost on the watchful mother and she duly reported matters to ma'am henry who transferred her information to cassie in the following manner it surely don't seem right says cassie when bob gwine long a you for him to be settin up ev a night long a dat gal viney and cassie was a high-spirited girl replied i let de nigger go long i don't care nuffin bout him next time she met bob she passed without speaking to him and strange to say he laughed and didn't seem to care for ma'am henry's biscuit recipe had made viney dearer to him than she had ever been up until the eighth night his dreams continued to be troubled but on that night he slept easily and dreamed of viney for maria had removed the conjure bag and had thrown it into running water what is more she had shaken the hair out of the blanket the first evening that bob felt sufficiently rested to go out skylarking it was with viney he walked and the quarters nodded and wondered 
they walked up to the master's house where the momentous question was asked and favorably answered then they came back radiant and viney set out some biscuits and preserves in her cabin to clinch it and invited maria and mam henry to share them with bob and her that night sundry things from the big house as well as lesser things from maria's cabin found their way to the conju doctors the things from the big house were honestly procured but it took the telling of the whole story by maria to get them when she had gone her master dudley stone laughed to himself and said with true saxon incredulity that old rascal bass is a sharp one i think lying on cassie's hair would trouble anybody's dreams conjure or no conjure and if viney learned to make biscuits like mammy henry she needed no stronger charm End of section 12